Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using the iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. Well, today is the day, everybody. September 19th, the launch of iOS 11. So on today, I wanted to release an episode a bit off schedule, uh, normally on Thursdays, to talk about iOS 11, some tips and tricks I've been discovering over the past summer of using the the operating system, and some thoughts about the Apple event as it relates to iPads, that recent event about the iPhone. Uh, there were some iPad tidbits that I wanted to share, but uh, today's episode, all about iOS 11, some tips and tricks for you to help you get started with this new OS that is launching at some point today. Now, keep in mind, there are a lot of beta applications I've been testing that I won't be, have a chance to talk to until they are out, but once those are out, there's going to be a lot more to dive into. There's going to be a lot of iOS 11 apps hitting today in the next few days and lots of content on your way as new stuff is released. So with that, let's dive into iOS 11 and just some basics, some things that you may not be aware of when using the iPad with iOS 11. So first are some new keyboard shortcuts that have been added to iOS 11. One fairly obvious as it comes up in an interface, but the other one not so obvious as nothing really tells you it's there. So the first is the ability to show the dock from a hardware keyboard. Hitting Command Option D pops up the dock, enabling you to you know, drag uh, an app into multitasking or access a recent file from the Files app without even opening the app. So show the dock, Command Option D. Really key that you learn that and use that. It's a lot faster than using the gesture, and if you're just sitting at a desk with a keyboard, definitely use Command Option D to show the dock. Next up is the keyboard shortcut for taking a screenshot and immediately opening it in the markup editor. If you hit Command Shift 4, that'll take a screenshot and immediately open it up in that markup editor that allows you to crop it, that allows you to copy it into an to a message and do all sorts of things. This is one of my favorite features, this markup screenshot ability with an iOS 11. One of the cool things is you're able to get the image the way you want it and send it off to where you're going to send it and delete the image. You don't need to save it into your photos app anymore with this new ability of the markup editor and share sheet right within this right within iOS 11. So command shift 4 does that. Command shift 3 will take a screenshot the normal way, but command shift 4 brings you into that markup editor. Now, one thing I want to speak about a little bit now is the concept of spaces. Now, spaces is something that many people struggle with. This concept of having two apps paired and what apps should I pair with another app and what happens if I want to be using a couple different apps with that same app. You can't do that with spaces and that is all absolutely correct. So this concept of iOS 11 in the iPad, you have this dock where you have a bunch of apps down below and then you're able to drag app icons from, the, from anywhere really into the multitasking view to have an app on the right side, an app on the left side, and have a slide over app. Now, this concept of spaces, the ability to pair apps, is something that I think a lot of people struggle with because they don't see good pairs. And I am in that camp. I don't see the spaces as constant things. What I think everyone should be thinking of is that this is just a really fluid system of being able to drag apps into either side of the space or into the slide over, and it's really fluid. You're just constantly changing out what apps you're you're working with. So that is something that I think is a really core 
concept to keep in mind. Now, there's a lot of ways to get apps into your workspaces in front of you. So you can drag an app from the dock. You can drag an app from the home screen. Yeah, so if you're on the home screen, you can drag an app and drop it into your view. One of the awesome things is you can, with the hardware keyboard, use Spotlight to search for an app, start dragging, the Spotlight interface will disappear, and you'll be able to drop it into either side of the interface or into slide over. So the thought here is don't think of your spaces as constant. There may be a couple that you work with and those are locked in place and those are good spaces. You may have, say, mail and calendar as two apps you like to work with at all times and that's great. But for most of what I do, I'm just fluidly working in different apps. I'm dragging up apps from the dock, from Spotlight, and just this fluid interaction of just working with this OS with a space that is not locked in place to something that I'm really tied to. So I don't think Apple really saw this as apps that should stay constant in spaces, but rather this fluid interface that you're working with. So another thing to keep in mind as you're working in this interface is that slide over carries over between the different spaces. So if you're having, say, two or three spaces and you have a slide over app, that slide over app will carry through all those spaces. And if you do a command tab to that slide over app while you're in a space, it will pop up that slide over app. Now, something to keep in mind is if you're working in a space that is using that slide over app, it won't, it'll turn, it won't be that slide over app anymore when you're in that space at least. So you can have, say, Safari in a space, but Safari can also live a slide over when you're working in another space. So that can be something that can be kind of somewhat confusing, but just something to keep in mind. Slide over apps carry over space to space, but when that slide over app is the main app, that of course is not gonna be your slide over app. So that's just something to keep in mind. Now let's move on to some more tidbits of iOS 11. The first is just setting up your iPad to open up settings and go to control center within the settings app to enable extra options like screen recording. That's something that I'd recommend doing right away, opening that up and seeing what extra options you want in control center. And then if you have multiple iOS 11 devices, you're able to now tap one device to another during the setup process to beam over a lot of your preferences. And something you may do quite a lot is when you have guests over at your house, you're going to be able to, able to tap your iPad or iPhone to that new device on your network to beam over the password of your Wi-Fi network, which is really handy. So if someone's entering a password of a Wi-Fi that you're attached to, all you have to do is tap your device and it sends it over. Really easy. And something of note as well with the camera now with iOS 11 is it will read QR codes. And NFC is something that iOS 11 is able to tie into. So I'm going to be looking into ways of using QR codes that could be used as a launcher or some other things as you're working at your desk. Maybe there are some ways that QR codes can now be used in a way that we didn't really think of before. Now that's literally integrated into the system through that camera app. Those are some just very basic iOS 11 tidbits and tips and tricks. Now let's move into the Files app. I've been using the Files app and have 
a couple things just to mention here as it may be helpful for you as you're using the iPad. Uh, the first thing is the concept of the local folder. So the local folder or on my iPad is not quite what you'd think it'd be. You are not able to create new folders there. You are only able to save stuff in there if an app already works with that. So an app has to identify itself as saving stuff locally, and then you're able to save content into that app folder. For me, I use this kind of probably not as Apple intended, but I use this as a kind of temporary holding place for files. So I'll save images into there that I want to be moving into Safari for upload into WordPress or things like that. So I have local folder apps. Uh, these currently include iCab Mobile, Numbers, OmniFocus, OmniGraffle, OmniPlan, Pixelmator, and Solver. All these apps identify as apps that I can store stuff locally into. So what I'll do is I'll export an image from Pixelmator into one of those local folder apps. And then as I'm going into Safari, I'm then able to drag and drop from the Files app this file. And I'm able to do that a couple different ways, as we'll dive into later. But the concept of just a recent file in the Files app is a powerful thing. So instead of trying to find where I saved this file, I can, with the recent files in the Files app, just access that really easily through either the Files app itself or tapping and holding on the icon will bring it up. This also shows up in the widget, which everything's draggable. Any file's draggable, anything in the spotlight is draggable. So you can pull up the widget for the Files app and drag a file from there. You can drag it from the app icon. There's a lot of different places. The recent files are available to you and it's really powerful just stuff that's temporary to not throw it up in the iCloud drive, but to throw it up into just a local folder through one of these apps that can be used as a temporary holding place. There will be, I'm sure, a lot of what they call shelf apps coming out that will be good for this kind of use as well. And I think the Documents app by Readle will be another awesome app for local storage of files. That app, I believe, will be integrating with the Files app, and will be, I think, my de facto place for hosting local files in the future. But I just want to mention how that on my iPad stuff works and how I'm using it, and that is just as a temporary holding place for moving stuff around. So with that, a couple things just to note about the Files app, some hidden interface elements that you may want to just be aware of. So tap and hold. If you tap and hold the Files icon, you can get, as I said, two recent files. And this is this feature is available in other apps like OmniGraph and Pages and Numbers. So if you do have apps that you access files of frequently, these are really handy to have in the dock because these files are very readily available through this tap and hold kind of gesture. And I find that it's much easier for me to get this gesture right using my finger versus the Apple Pencil. I'm not sure what it is. But the tap and hold seems to work really well with touch versus uh, the pencil. Now, in the actual files app itself, if you long tap in a white space of a folder, that is the area between a file. So you're not tapping on a file, but kind of just the general, the white space uh, that's not a file. You're able to get a contextual menu that gives you some different options. It gives you the ability to paste, to create a new folder or to get info of that folder you are in. So 
paste will do some different things. So paste will, of course, if you're copying an image, it'll paste that image there. But if you copy text, it will actually paste a plain text file of that text. So you're able to say, copy some text out of Safari. And if you go into the files app and hit paste, you're gonna be able to just paste plain text. Uh, pretty cool ability. Now, if you say drag and drop text into a folder, into a, into the files app, you'll get a rich text file of that text. So you have the option, it's kind of interesting how iOS 11 handles that, but you have the option of either copying and pasting plain text or you can drag and drop what will be rich text. So those are two different options to keep in mind as you're creating text documents from your clipboard or from drag and drop. And this is something to keep in mind that your clipboard remains different from drag and drop. So you can have something stored in your clipboard that you're using command V and you're pasting over and over again, while at the same time doing drag and drop of highlighting and dragging and dropping and having that separate. So if you're working with text, keep in mind you have both access to a clipboard and drag and drop. And those components are completely different and do not cross over and do not overwrite each other at any time. So that is something important to keep in mind as you're working with text and uh, copy paste and drag and drop on iOS 11. So back to the files app. Uh, so long tap within the white space gave you those options that I mentioned just a minute ago. Now, if you long tap on a file itself, you have the ability to copy, to duplicate, to rename, to move, to delete, to share, to add tags, or to get info of that file. So you have a lot of different options that are not really visible anywhere else. So long tapping on a file gives you a lot of contextual options that you may forget are even available within the files app. I use this long tap on a file a ton to go in to do the rename option of a file. Because uh, as you, as many of you know, images are really never named properly on iOS. And this ability to long tap on an image file within the files app is really great. And then the ability to share is also really nice. You're able to share a file uh, within the files app uh, through iCloud. So you'll want to long tap hit share, and then you can scroll on the bottom horizontal line of that to access sharing, and that will share a file with another individual using iCloud. Pretty great. The final files app tip for now I have is if you long tap on a folder, you can copy that folder, you can duplicate, you can rename, move, delete, or favorite add tags, or get info of that folder. So favoriting is something that's pretty powerful. It puts it in the sidebar of the files app. You can, of course, drag and drop a folder to that sidebar, and that is something available to you as, as well. So you're able to either long tap to favorite or drag and drop it over there. So those are the files app things I wanted to mention for today's episode. Next, a couple of just quick Safari tips and tricks in iOS 11 that you may find helpful. If you two-finger tap on a link in Safari, it'll open it up in a new tab. That's So two-finger uh, tap on a link in Safari, it'll open that up in a new tab. If you tap and hold the reader icon in Safari, you can have Safari automatically load reader versions of pages from that website or all websites if you choose. 
So I am a huge fan of using the Reader feature in Safari. It makes things in a very beautiful kind of format for reading articles. And if there's a certain web page that you visit often that every time you're there, you hit the Reader, you can have it automatically open up Reader versions of those articles by tapping and holding on the Reader icon. It'll ask you, hey, do you want this web page that you're on to always load that? And it will let you do that. Uh, the final little Safari tip I'll mention is the search bar is smarter. You can now search define, word, define and then a word and it'll pop up what the definition is. You can also type in a flight number and right within there it'll give you the flight status without going to Google first. So there's a lot of smart things the search bar can do so you can play around with that. I believe some mathematical calculations can be done there too. Uh, most of the time I'll do this within Spotlight itself but Safari can now do this as well. Now, uh, the last bit of iOS 11 things I want to mention real quick are some drag-and-drop tips and tricks. So uh, a lot of just different things to keep in mind as you're using drag-and-drop, which is one of my favorite new features in iOS 11. So the first is use Spotlight with an external keyboard, and this lets you throw in apps into multitasking or slide over. So you don't have to... It's really quick and easy. So as I mentioned before... In the, the spaces part of this episode, use if you're using an external keyboard, there's a lot of advantages to doing that, especially for multitasking because you're able to pull up Spotlight and you can actually drag that app icon into there. And that is something to keep in mind, dragging things. You're able to drag from almost anywhere. So keep that in mind. Uh, Spotlight, you're able to drag pretty much anything from within Spotlight. Not just app icons, but if there's a movie in there, that is draggable. If there's a web page, that's draggable. If there's a note, that's draggable. If files are draggable, mail messages are draggable. Anything from Spotlight is pretty much draggable. I have not encountered much that isn't draggable, so try that out. And that's something worth noting. Something also worth noting is you can say, so as I mentioned in the, the spaces section of this episode, you can drag an app icon into the multitasking switcher. And if you just hold on top of the app you want to add that app into, it'll open that app automatically. You don't need to do this. You don't need to drag an app to this multitasking switcher and with a separate finger tap to open that app. Instead, you can just drag an app icon from the home screen and hold over and hover over the app you want to add that to and it'll just open it up. So that is something to keep in mind as you're working without an external keyboard. That's something handy to, to do. Something else to keep in mind is the Maps app. The Maps app, you can actually drag and drop any location into Notes or any supported app. So if you see a little icon, say, for um, Papa John's or some restaurant, you can drag that little icon that little icon out of Maps into someplace else. And you, this will include your favorites or whatever thing you've marked up into the Maps app. That is draggable. Something else to note is the Files app, the Photos app, any of those shelf apps, anything that you're able to, dr any place you're able to drag things, you're able to drop them into Safari. So places like WordPress, Libsyn, I, I believe Libsyn, Pippa, places that you would be uploading files within Safari you can actually drag and drop files 
into a lot of different websites in Safari. So that's something to keep in mind as you're working with websites that deal with file upload. So another thing to keep in mind within Safari is you can drag a link to the side of the screen to open it up in the second half of the screen. So say you're working with a web page, you want to have two windows open, you can drag one a link to the other side and it'll open up. You can also drag a link to a different tab and it will overwrite that tab with the link you dragged into it, uh, which is pretty helpful to note. You can also, this is pretty cool, if you're in Reader, you can uh, drag and add to a drag. So you can start a drag, and then with the second finger, you can just tap, say, 10 different links in your Reader uh, list there, and you're able to drop them into Safari, uh, just just drop it into the the tab area, and it will load all of those tabs right up. So a lot of power there in being able to open up a bunch of different tabs within Safari. So uh, being able to stack items is something to, to definitely learn how to do. So you can start a drag and with the second finger, tap on other draggable items and it'll add it to this new stack where you're able to move that into a different area. So something really kind of powerful and something that's actually easier than it is with the mouse and keyboard of dragging. And there's going to be a lot of apps that take advantage of this coming very soon. Now for a quick drag and drop tip for the mail app in iOS 11. Something I realized is the trash folder is actually pretty useful now in iOS 11 to have in the sidebar. So if you want to be dragging and dropping mail items to, to delete those... I would recommend adding the trash to the sidebar of the mail app and having that really quickly accessible. And now as you're going through your mail messages, you can initiate a drag and drop to get rid of mail. So that's something kind of of note that I've been doing this summer. I'll sometimes do that. Sometimes I'll do the old school way of going through the list and just tapping and adding more messages as I delete them as I did before. But uh, it is another option. You can drag and drop mail into the trash. So, Another thing that I think is of note is that you can have folders in your dock, but I would not recommend the method that a lot of people are suggesting of having every single app in your dock in a folder. I don't think that's practical. I don't think that's really all that useful. I think it is just a lot, it's kind of slow to work in that method. So I think. To have your key apps down there in the dock is very key, but I, I would say don't try to hamstring it and have every single app down there. Instead, use external keyboards, use the method of dragging from the home screen. There's a lot of different ways of dragging and getting stuff into your multitasking switcher. So that is all of the iOS 11 things I wanted to speak about for this episode, uh, there will be a lot more I'm diving into as app updates come out, and there's apps that I can speak about that I've been testing. I just want to talk a little bit about the Apple event that introduced the iPhone 10 and the iPhone 8. So some iPad related notes from that event. Uh, the first thing is the Apple TV 4K was introduced, along with that, free upgrades to 1080p content to 4K content. So if you have 1080p content in iTunes, it will soon be upgraded to 4K free of charge. And something for iPad users to note is that the iPad supports both Dolby Vision and the HDR10, I believe. So that content 
will be upgraded for free and viewable on your iPad in HDR. It'll be higher resolution than 1080p, but the iPad screen, I don't believe, is quite 4K. But the HDR upgrade is going to be phenomenal on iPad Pros, and I can't wait to see these updates come out to content I already own. You do need to go into the settings app of your iPad and go to the videos settings. There is an option in iOS 11 to enable HDR. I believe it's enabled by the default, but if it's not, that is where you go. You would go into the videos settings of iOS 11, and there's an option for HDR in there. And within the content for each of your iTunes purchases, it'll mention if it is HDR compatible. It'll say Dolby Vision or it will say HDR. So go in there and that will give you an indicator if that content has been updated and that stuff will slowly be starting to roll out this fall. Something that Apple did without telling anybody was increasing the price of iPad Pros by $50. So the 256 gigabytes and the 512 gigabyte versions of iPad Pros are now $50 more expensive than when they were introduced. The rumor of this price increase is that of storage price increases being the cause of this. So NAND flash has been getting more expensive, and all these new iPhones ship with 256 gigabyte capacities, making it even tighter for Apple to deliver on getting those components. So as a result, iPad Pros, now $50 more expensive. So hopefully you got your order in or you can find a retailer that is still selling at the old price but this is kind of remarkable a device that is just a couple months old is now more expensive than when is when it was introduced so for the rare occasion buying early got you the better price and it's even more remarkable that just a couple weeks ago the ipad pro was a hundred dollars off at best buy and yeah that was one heck of a deal retrospect now because it was fifty dollars plus a hundred dollars with this price increase. So just something of note, iPads now more expensive. Uh, Another thing of note from the event is new colored accessories. So the iPad Pro 10.5 continues on with some really cool color upgrades. The iPad Pro sleeve is now available in a product red version that looks really, really great. And I'm a huge fan of that sleeve. It provides a nice workspace for you to work on your iPad on a table that may scratch your iPad otherwise. But uh, I really like also just sitting the smart keyboard on top of it. It provides just a nice surface to work on. So that sleeve, it is expensive, but it is one of my favorite accessories Apple has released in recent years. The leather is really premium, and you do appreciate it as you use it. It, It's been aging nicely for me, and the leather is softening up, and it feels great. So that is now available in Product Red for the 10.5. And continuing the tradition, the 12.9 edition continues to be available in only boring colors. That includes the Smart Cover, which for the 10.5 now has an awesome purple color. There's a Product Red Smart Cover. The Apple Pencil case has a product red, the most useless case ever, but the Apple Pencil case now has a product red version. And there's just all sorts of new colors available for that 10.5 smart cover. And that purple looks really great. So if you want something really hot, that purple smart cover looks really phenomenal. And then finally, of note from the Apple event is that wireless charging is becoming a thing for Apple accessories and devices. 
all of the new iPhone support while charging through this glass back in this Qi charger. And the AirPods will soon have wireless charging, as will the Series 3. Apple Watch will work with the Qi chargers. I believe the Series 1 and 2 actually only work with Apple's uh, charger, and that's a slightly different tech that as in the Series 3. But uh, the reason I'm mentioning this is because I have been using the Logitech charging base with a smart connector to charge my iPads at work, and it's a really cool future being able to charge your iPads just as a trickle charge as you're working throughout the day with these Logitech stands. And I'm a huge fan of wireless charging, and I'm really excited that other devices in the Apple family will be getting this technology. I love doing this with the iPad Pro, and in a future episode, I'll be talking about more about setups and things like that and how these Logitech stands really are something special and something that they've gotten a lot of hate from some reviewers, mostly because it doesn't support the quick charge. But in uh, a lot of my uses, I don't find that's necessary as it's something that's just sitting there all day as I'm working and quick charge isn't that necessary for me for that situation. So with that, that'll do it for today's iOS 11 launch day episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to iPad Pros. Please send in your feedback and whatever questions you have about iOS 11. If you have certain apps you want me to dive more into and uh, any d- developers you want me to have on the show or whatnot, please get in touch. iPadProsPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, there's a lot more in store for uh, future episodes. A lot of developers I'm reaching out to and users I'm uh, looking into getting on the show to have them share their workflows with you as well. If you have an interesting story about how you use the iPad, please get in touch. iPadProsPodcast at gmail.com. Also, I'd really appreciate it if you could uh, go to iTunes, go to Apple Podcasts, and leave a review. Every review really helps uh, improve discoverability and helps other people discover the show. So with that, I hope you enjoy the rest of your iOS 11 launch day and breathing new life into these iPads with this amazing update and what I'm sure is hundreds of just awesome app updates and new apps that have been enabled by iOS 11's APIs. There's a lot of great stuff coming out, uh, including the ability to live stream your iPad screen with different apps. So a lot of stuff's coming out, and there's going to be a lot to dive into in the future. But with that, enjoy your iOS 11 launch day, and I'll be back next time for another edition of iPad Pros. Thanks for listening.